Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon. Jim Harbaugh is officially staying at Michigan. The football coach signed a contract extension that will keep him in Ann Arbor through 2025. We discuss whether it was the right move and where Michigan goes from here on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to have you both back. I think the first three-man pod of 2021. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. You guys did a basketball one without me. We did. We didn't need you. And hockey. We did a little hockey in there, too. Don't don't be leaving out the, the hockey Wolverines. There you go. Well, this this episode is going to focus on on sort of Jim Harbaugh and the football program as he has officially signed his contract extension. We'll get into sort of the the, the details of the of the contract itself, you know, as we get going here. But you know, right away, rapid fire. I don't know. I'll put ninety seconds on the clock. We'll start with you, Aaron. What do you think? Was it a is this a was this a good thing for Michigan football? Reaction to the news. I think it was a fiscally prudent move for the University of Michigan's athletic department, uh, just because we, we know the financial stress that they're under. I think most folks would agree that Jim Harbaugh was probably a little bit overpaid for what he was perform what he was bringing into Michigan. Uh, so I think from their perspective, I think it was a good move. Uh, if you're Jim, I, I don't know how he's feeling. You know, I, I've said this before, and I, I, I truly believe this. I don't know if money is as big of an issue for Jim, obviously he wants to be paid highly and he probably wants to be paid within, you know, what he f- kind of falls in line with um, the market standpoint. But I, I think it was a good move for Michigan. Fine move for Jim, I guess. I don't know what the, the market didn't seem to be very in demand for him. And there was no word that the NFL was really interested. Uh, so I think it, it probably worked out well for, for both parties. I mean, for me, I think it's a fantastic deal for Michigan. I mean, you're basically get, retaining your coach, um, without having much turnover for half the price and a lower buyout moving forward, which I mean, to me, it was a shock. It was shocking the terms of the deal. I mean, I just, with Harbaugh's Edo, I did not think he would accept something that low, but um, he does get to remain at Michigan. And it probably shows that uh, his interest at the NFL level isn't, wasn't as high as it used to be. Uh, but yeah, for, for Michigan to get him at, at that number with, with I mean, just a, a, shot, a little bit over 4 million a year, as it will increase a little bit more than that, but a great deal for Michigan. And without many other top options out there, I think they, they had, they had to do this and they did. This guy's upgrading his internet. He's upgrading his apartment. Certainly 4 million is that low, you know? I mean, <laughs> well, I did go back and look, Jim was obviously the highest paid coach in the big 10 this past year. And if you go off of his guaranteed compensation going forward, whether it's four, you know, anywhere from four to, you know, four and a half, you know, four, four point four million dollars a year. Uh, he will come in eighth in the Big Ten in salaries. And obviously, he has the eligibility to make a lot more than that, depending on Michigan's progress here. But uh, he, he goes from number one to number eight. So basically, middle of the pack of the Big Ten, which is, I think, noteworthy in itself. 
Yeah, which is in line with yeah. with fine where they were this past season, but still over the course of his tenure, that that is that is surprising. You know, I don't think anyone would still rank him as the eighth best coach or you know Michigan as the eighth best program or anything. Again, just off of this twenty twenty season, yes, but you know, not going back a couple more years or even projecting forward. So, and I think I think we should definitely dive into the bonuses too. And I mean mm-hmm. how unrealistic they <laughs> I, I shouldn't say unrealistic i mean they he could win a big 10 title he could get to the college football playoff but not having done it so far during his tenure uh i there's nothing that shows at least in the immediate aftermath of this deal that, that he's on the precipice of taking michigan to that next level too so i mean it, those incentives are are highly unlikely to be reached at least next year i mean maybe if, if jj mccarthy pans out and turns into the quarterback that everyone thinks he will be, maybe he can, he the program can finally get going in, in that conversation for a, a Big Ten title and, and the college football playoff. But to me, right now, those incentives look uh, pretty lofty. I say I'll just real quick for the for the listeners who maybe haven't read it or seen it. I'll, I'll go down the incentives really quickly here: fifty thousand dollars if he's named Big Ten Coach of the Year, seventy-five thousand dollars if he's named National Coach of the Year, one hundred fifty thousand dollars if Michigan's football team uh, reaches their APR threshold. Uh, which is the academic progress rate uh, deemed by the, the NCAA, $500,000 if he wins the Big Ten, if, excuse me, if Michigan wins the Big Ten East Division outright, meaning they can't share it like they did uh, a couple years ago with Ohio State, uh, $1 million if they win the Big Ten Championship game, $200,000 if they reach a New Year's Six Bowl game, $500,000 if they reach the college football playoff semifinal, and a $1 million if they win the, uh, the college football playoff championship game. So max bonus, he, he stands to make an additional upward up to three million four hundred seventy-five thousand dollars a year, which would get him close to the uh, the eight million dollar figure he was supposed to make in twenty twenty one. But this new deal, Michigan's calling it a four year extension. It's essentially a new five year contract because it wipes out what he was supposed to make in twenty twenty one and replaces it. You know, he's he's going to be paid less unless he can bring championships uh, to Ann Arbor. And, and Ryan, you could say, you know, that, yeah, those uh, hitting those those marks are unrealistic. And yeah, I mean, I, I hear where you're coming from at the same time for, you know, the pocket watchers out there who are criticizing his his salary, you know, in these past few years, it was because he wasn't reaching those goals. He wasn't beating Ohio State. He wasn't getting the playoff, but he was getting paid in line with some of the coaches that were. I mean, he was up there with with Nick Saban and, and others who were. Yeah, who are achieving those things. So now it's like, all right, to get to that pay, you have to do those things now um, instead of sort of just the other way around, paying him as if he will do it. Now, a lot of coaches, that's not the case. I mean, the salary is, yeah, I mean, you could argue just everyone is just overpaid. This is how the market is or whatever. But um, now it kind of brings that more more in line. So from you know Michigan standpoint, I think it makes a lot of sense. I do too. I, I think this was this this was the deal I think Michigan had to give Jim Harbaugh. They paid him heavily up front, mm-hmm. thinking that he was going to bring championships to Michigan in a way that they front loaded his deal. He didn't deliver. And now that now that you're you are where you are right now with yes, some success. They've won some games. They've won quite a few games, but they haven't gotten to that 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 pinnacle, that point where I think most folks either expected them to be or wanted them to be. Ward Manuel had his choice to make either. You're, you either move on from Jim Harbaugh or you retain him, but you it's hard to justify paying him what you were before. And this was the resolution he came to. I, I think it was, like I said before, I think it's fair. It requires Harbaugh to 
achieve these goals. And, and keep in mind, when you go through the, the, the bonus list here, many of these things cannot happen without the other. You right. need to win the Big Ten East to get to the Big Ten Championship right. game. You need to likely win the Big Ten Championship game to get in the playoff. So most of this will come either all or nothing. So it puts the the onus on Harbaugh to win and win immediately. And if he doesn't do that, and this is also key in this new deal, the buyout drops $1 million every year. So the longer this goes, the easier it is for Michigan to move on from Jim Harbaugh from a financial perspective. For sure. Yeah. And I, again, that's, that's why I think it is such a great deal for Michigan. What, what's surprising to me, it seems like a lot of Michigan fans weren't too crazy about, about Michigan bringing back Harbaugh un, under this new, new deal. But I mean, we've talked about this a little bit in previous podcasts. Who, el- who else would Michigan go get right now? And, and how much would you have to pay them to accept the job in Ann Arbor? And then you'd have to buy out Harbaugh and get, hire a whole new staff and, during, during the pandemic. So I think this was the most fiscally prudent move for, for Michigan. And, and I really don't know who would be a better option at this point. I mean, yeah, we talked about Matt Campbell. We talked about Luke Fickle. But again, there was no guarantee you could pry them away from, from Iowa State or, or Cincinnati anyway. So I think this 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 makes sense, and uh, we'll see how how it plays out moving forward. But I, I think this is, this move was the most logical one here after the end of the 2020 season. If you're Ward Manuel and you're Michigan, I, I wonder if the results here would have been different had this not been a pandemic year where Michigan's athletic department is hemorrhaging money. And you know, financial issues are obviously at the forefront. You wonder if Michigan would have been more willing to pay up to get rid of Harbaugh and move on. I, you know, I don't know the answer to that. You know, it, it's tough to say, obviously, because it, it just it, it's a different set of circumstances. So it's in a way, it was almost a free year, I think, for Michigan and the football uh, for Harbaugh and the football program. I mean, the result wasn't what they wanted. It was a bad year, no no doubt about it. But it kind of, in a way, bought Harbaugh an extra year. It got him an extension. Now, whether this lasts the entire five years remains to be seen. I, I do think there is pressure on him to win right away, as I, as I said, whether it's maybe not the first year of this new deal, but perhaps the second. But he's got to make some coaching hires here soon. He's going to have to change the way some things are done. And this program is going to have to come out of the gates ready to go and, and win early, or if not, if not win the Big Ten Championship here in year one, at least compete and show that the, the, the program is, is heading the right direction. Because the last few years, it's gone. Uh, just the opposite. You brought up a good point there. I mean, look how bad the optics looked at, at Texas when when they fired uh, Tom Herman, and then just a few months after laying off a bunch of people in the athletic department, and they're going to have to pay a new coach, or they're going to be paying a, a new coach a lot of money now, a new staff during the pandemic. So, I mean, that's a that's a hard look during the pandemic to to make that move. So, I think Michigan did a, a good thing here to kind of limit their the hemorrhaging of, of the athletic department's budget. Yeah, I mean, football is king at Michigan and that it's, you know, it's the top sport or whatever, but it's not like king of the university like it is at, at some other places. I mean, it's still very clear who Harbaugh reports to Manuel, reports to Mark Schlissel, the president, not not kind of the other way around, as you know, you've heard from at, at some other places. So, yeah, I think that would have been a tough pill to swallow to uh, some, of, some of these buyouts, you know, but as far as uh, I think there's a couple of things with the financials that we we can mention here briefly. It's that, you know, when he was hired, you know, I know this from just doing stories on, you know, the businesses in Ann Arbor and, and the, the effects on the university beyond just, you know, what's happening on the field. There was a big boost, you know, in, in Harbaugh's first couple of years, you know, even if he didn't achieve, you know, these, these results that we've talked about as far as being Ohio State getting to the playoff, just the excitement over bringing back 
you know, a, a coach that all, as so many thought was a savior had a financial, positive financial impact on, on the university. Um, so I, I don't think that can be discounted. Secondly, yeah, you know, Ryan, you mentioned some fans were unhappy with the, the news, you know, on Friday that he's officially coming back. I mean, I have to imagine that had nothing to do with the contract. It was just that he was coming back at all. And yeah, they wanted, they wanted someone else because the deal itself, you know, you've got to, you've got to like if you're Michigan. Although that gets to the, the final point here, the money, it's not like, uh, you know, the fans are sent a, a bill when, you know, when, uh, when a, you know, contract is signed for the coach, like, what does it really matter? You know, how much he, he's being paid as far as they're concerned. It doesn't limit on a player on a, on a, you know, NBA roster where now you're cutting into who, who else you can get as a free agent. So it doesn't really, I don't, I don't really get, get that exactly why they're, they're upset about that, but staff staff now needs to be, um, higher. That's kind of the, de- the next step here, I guess, you know, sort of what's, what's the latest. We still have a, you know, defensive coordinator position to fill. And I don't know now you can, uh, you can really get the ball rolling, uh, assuming he's uh, already been doing a lot of this behind the scenes, but yeah, he's, he's got to fill out his staff. Yeah. There were reports last week that Harbaugh is, um, is targeting and perhaps finalized, almost finalized deal you know, with uh, Baltimore Ravens linebackers coach, Mike McDonald. Uh, McDonald's been with the Ravens now, I think for seven years. Uh, started as a basically an intern and kind of worked his way up the, uh, the food chain, so to speak. He's been a linebacker's coach the last couple of years for, for John Harbaugh, uh, Jim's mm-hmm. brother. Uh, so it's notable that he's turned to his brother kind of for help. It's, it's an interesting move. McDonald's never really been a coordinator before. Doesn't have a ton of recruiting experience. He was a GA at the University of Georgia when he was in school there. Uh, so he, he does have some experience at the college level, but not probably what you would normally see, at least from a, someone who's getting a defensive coordinator role at, at a major institution. So deal hasn't been finalized as of yet. Deal's done. Um, Rappaport of NFL Network did say that um, they were going to wait until the Ravens finished their playoff run, which looks like, it, or in fact, it does. It's going to be at least another week, uh, which could slow here the, the progress for Jim Staff, because I would presume case here is, is he's going to hire a defensive coordinator and then make decisions for the, with the rest of the defensive coaching staff, several of which uh, their contracts technically expire today, Monday. So it's the coaching staff is still limbo. It looks like it's going to drag on here at least another week. And, and the longer this goes, just like we talked about Harbaugh, I think the more it impacts recruiting, because I think there's, there's still some holes to fill there. The national sign day is February 3rd, and it looks like Michigan's certainly interested in the transfer portal and, and some other folks. So it's, you know, we talked about the delay with Harbaugh signing his extension. Now it sounds like there's going to be a delay, assuming Harbaugh goes the, the Ravens route and hires Mike McDonald uh, with the defensive coordinator role. We said on this podcast uh, last week, look out for you know that Baltimore Ravens staff, and sure enough, it seems like Jim Harbaugh might be might be going that route. Yeah, it'll be it'll be uh, interesting to watch here over these these next however you know couple weeks or whatever, because of course these are these are important, <laughs> very important decisions. We talked about it last week how important this defensive coordinator hire um, is for Michigan. Yeah, so we've got uh, we've been talking about you know one of the teams Michigan is trying to to catch here in the in the Big Ten. Of course, it's Ohio State, and tonight they do play for a national championship against Alabama. I figured we could just hit on that quickly here. I saw I saw the picks Ryan that you published from all of us, just like kind of during the the season for Michigan. We had we had some some similar similar scores. I think I maybe had it had it the closest, um, but we all had. Um, I think everyone, uh, so including our Michigan State writers, had have Ohio State covering that eight and a half points. He might have had the biggest margin, Ryan, at, at eight for Alabama, but we all we all think it'll be a close game. So I don't know if you wanted to share share your thoughts on the national championship tonight. Yeah, I was going to say actually the, the Michigan State guys have uh, have Alabama covering. I know Kyle Austin has Alabama Alabama winning forty five to thirty five, 
and Matt has Alabama winning 42 to 31. So no, a little bit right. higher well, than the, the, the eight points or eight and a half that I've seen. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I I think we all agreed that Alabama is the consensus number one team in the country, and they've showed that throughout the whole entire season. And, and while Ohio State was impressive in upsetting Clemson, I don't think Clemson was as good as some of the previous teams they've had. And I think Alabama is better than some of the te- previous teams they have had. Um, so I got to go with the favorite here. And I think it will be pretty high scoring. Like we, we all showed in our predictions. I think I had the lowest total of, of, uh, total points predicted, but, um, I do think the tide will, will roll tonight. If you would have asked me this, like before the semifinal game, if you would have told me Ohio state was going to play in the national, in the national championship game against Alabama, I probably would have said it was, it would have been like a 10 to 14 point game. But Ohio State surprised me last week with the way they played. Justin Fields, I thought, by far, it was his best game as a, as a college quarterback. I, I do think they can kind of keep it close, but I think it's going to be contingent upon Justin Fields and, and Ohio State's offense. They're going to have to keep up with Alabama. I do think they will. I, I just don't know if they have enough to get over the hump. I think it it, it remains a, probably a one-score game for most of it. I think they're probably, probably trying to play catch-up most of the way. But I, I do think it's close. I think I sent in 38-31 Alabama. I think it's right around there. Um, I, I think Ohio State will be in it for most of the game. I think they'll be in it toward the end. I just I, I don't know. Their defense can be shaky at times. Alabama has shown by far that they've been the best team all season long. I think there's no question about it. Um, but they have shown they're vulnerable. I mean, they, they were close with Ole Miss. They were close with Florida. Right. Uh, that game probably it was a little bit closer than maybe it, the, the score indicated, but I think that's. I, I, but I think Ohio State's a better team. They have more explosive offense than Florida, so I think it's a close one. I just I have a hard time picking against Alabama at this point. The spread is probably a little bit larger than it should be, but I'm I'm rolling with the tide here. I, I actually think Ohio State's defense is a little bit better than than people are getting credit for. I mean, they played pretty well against Trevor Lawrence and Clemson. So I, I think they might get a might be able to get a few stops. That's why I kind of picked the the total to go under. But I, I still think Alabama is the better team, which is why I took took them. So go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, that total is seventy five points. I mean, it's a, it's a big one. They <laughs> they kind of they kind of realize what yeah what we're we're saying too. Uh, yeah, a couple teams did hang forty plus on Alabama this year, so I don't I don't see why you know Ohio State can't have a very good offensive day. But yeah, Alabama just seems especially if they get you know another one of their they get waddle back, you know, a wide receiver. That would just be, it's just another, another weapon for them. So uh, yeah, it should be interesting, but we'll see the, the, as we were talking about with Harbaugh's contract, you know, the, to get to that elite level of his pay again, he'll have to be start, you know, have to be talking about them playing in, in games like this going forward. So we shall Maybe see. Maybe one day. Just what, one last quick note. I, I mentioned this in the predictions too, is that, that in Todd McShay's latest mod draft, uh, Alabama had six players going the first round, while Ohio State had four. So there is a talent gap between the, these two teams and the rest of the country, hence why they are playing for a national title, too. So, yeah, if Michigan wants to ever get there, they need to bring in and develop more talent to, to compete with the, the Alabamas and the Ohio States. Yeah, they might have won. I think Quiddy Pay is, is on most boards the first round, but you're right, they, they certainly need, uh, they need a few more. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Mm-hmm.